Welcome to another edition of Talk Your Exposure. This is season two, episode 10. Unfortunately, my co-host could not be here today due to work restrictions, but that's okay. Time's got to keep going and we got to keep flying through. Today, we are here with former Division One athlete and former pro basketball player, Corey Coleman. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. And I'm still a current player, just COVID, okay? COVID. So you know what? Let me let, let's let's restart. No, I'm joking. Let, but my apologies. My apologies. You are a current pro basketball player. Still gonna go play. You know we're yeah. gonna get all to that. You know, we'll definitely ask you at the end of this where you want to go play at the end. Um, but right now I gotta ask you from the jump a little bit of some fun stuff before we get into your basketball career. You know, just just okay. curious. Could you sing? Can you sing? Can I sing? Me 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 me. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can hit a high note once in a while in the shower, but other than that, not cannot. I feel cannot. you. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> if 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 you if you were ever could sing, you know what I'm saying? If if God could come down here and, and well, he, he's up there, but if God could give you one gift, you know what I'm saying, and, and you you got that gift and your gift was to sing, who would you want your voice to sound like? Oh, Janaeko. Or Aiko, however anyone pronounces it. I want to sound Dine like her. She sounds like a goddess. Like, she sounds like an angel. Yes. Okay. Okay. If, if I was a female, I'd probably want to sound like Beyonce. But that's just me. That's just me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need the Cali vibes. I need the Cali vibes. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. And you just got back home from Florida recently. So we know you love that sun, a.k.a. your yeah. background in the background over there. Love it. <laughs> Do you think there are any, any similarities with music and sports? Yes, there's a lot of similarities because it's all entertainment. Um, the world goes round for music. The world goes round for sports. And, you know, it's a huge platform. You know, celebrities are both, you know, athletes are celebrities and rappers and singers are celebrities. So, yeah, they go hand in hand. It's all entertainment. They both make the world go around. So, yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I know that you're a big Disney fan. If you could meet any Disney character, who would it be and why? Who would it be? It would be. Don't say Harry. Don't don't say Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Not. Don't say Harry. Don't say Harry Potter. Don't say Harry Potter. I mean, <laughs> if you watch Harry Potter, who didn't want to be Harry Potter? Like, it's crazy. Like, I want to go on a train. I want an owl to send me messages. Like, I want to do Quidditch. Quidditch, right? Yeah, the Quidditch thing. Quidditch, I want to do that. That I want to go to Hogwarts. <laughs> that looked like the coolest game ever. I'm not gonna lie to you. That game, I was I was telling my friends when I was younger. I told them all. I said, "Listen, we're we're gonna play this game. I don't know how we're gonna do it. We're gonna sit on broomsticks and we're gonna play, pretend like we're flying." But no, that 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 game that game was sick. That game no, was definitely. No. Yeah. <laughs> if you could Hogwarts for a year, that's it. <laughs> Hogwarts for a year. A whole year. Whole all right. Year. Learn. Well, <laughs> well, in that in that instance, let me ask you this then: Who or or what would you want to learn from Hogwarts if you were there for a whole year? Honestly, how to fly? Not how to fly. You know, I want to be the one, one like Hermione. They change in the people, the the little the robe thing that makes you invisible. Tough. You know, all the all the cool stuff. You know, pop up the bag, throw stuff in there. No, the hat. I want. I want. I want it all. I want Fair it enough. All. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. A little bit of basketball, not a little bit of basketball. Who's your favorite basketball player? Ooh, Westbrook, KD, James Harden. All three of them in one. James Harden? Yeah. You said James Harden, Kyrie, and, and KD? No, KD, KD, and Westbrook. I'm an OKC fan. Unfortunately, okay. OKC kind of did me wrong. I was an OKC fan when Ray Allen was with the Sonics, so... Oh, then KD came in, and then Westbrook, James. Oh man, that that team was supposed to do great. I blame GMs for that. It's always it's always general management, like always. Damn, Sam yeah. Presti. Damn, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> but now so, it's like I, I had Westbrook and James Harden, and now I, I have you know KD and James. So you know, I get to watch a little bit of OKC here and there. I mean the the, the 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 reality the reality is that a, a lot of a lot of Brooklyn right now is OKC. You know they had Andre Robertson, they had James Harden, they had uh, KD, or they have KD and James Harden, I should say. But you know they had a lot of OKC for a bit. So I mean I guess you you kind of got your little OKC fix during that time. So hopefully you you were able to appreciate that during that time. Was there anything that James Harden and Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook taught you? Of course. Uh, Westbrook told me to go hard no matter what. I don't care if I'm playing against my friends, peers. I don't care if it's a five-year-old. You go 100% all the time. Um, KD, a lot with his pace of the game. He lets the game come to him. He doesn't force anything. Some people think he's timid, but he's really just a natural scorer. He's very genuine on the court. I love that. James Harden, got to have fun on the court. He's got to have fun. You know, he plays rec ball in the NBA, and he makes millions. Like, I love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't go wrong with that. Even when he was like 500 pounds, man, was still getting buckets. Still getting buckets. Is that but, you know? <laughs> <laughs> when did you realize that you want to play basketball and make it a career? Um, I always made little jokes growing up, like I'm going to play in the WBA. I'm going to play in the WBA. And then uh, um, going into high school, people were like, "You're really good. You can definitely get a Division One scholarship." You know, I'm from Queens, New York, so definitely, like, you know, you don't see outside of New York. New Yorkers are New Yorkers. Like, you know, all right, mm -hmm. I'll play ball at the park. I'm going to be at all the hood tournaments. I'm going to be great. I'm going to get a nickname. You know, we're big on nicknames. But um, mm -hmm. I started getting college interest, and I'm like, maybe I can really, like, make it a thing. I went to college, had a great college career, and then I got invited to a WBA combine. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is my moment. I've been saying this, and it's actually happening. So, yeah, I would joke around and say it, but then it actually happened. I didn't think I was as good as – actually was so yeah it's, it's nah. been cool you tough you tough i can't lie i watch i watch some clips of you you know what i mean you know you 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 got a little game to you feel me so you, you definitely got a little game to you um <laughs> what 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 what's some advice that you give kids today that's aspiring to play at the next level um don't lose your passion don't make it a job don't make it a, a popularity thing you got to go on the court because you love to play the sport and because you love to win. Nobody wants to be a loser. It's not fun to lose. So mm -hmm. all that he hee is fun after you win. So, sure. yeah, that winning and, and competitiveness, your passion. Um, I would say getting into the gym, but, you know, the training culture is crazy. You know, you have to get on the court. You have to play against people to get better. So Facts. definitely, yeah, definitely something I emphasize for people. Like, get on the court and play, you know. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, especially right now, even with the kids that we're, we're training right now. Like, it's not the same. you got to go out there and play. You really, really got to play. And honestly, like, if you, if you can't play, like, like you can't get seen. 
And that's my um, honest opinion. Like all this training right now with lockdown and COVID and everything like that, it's it's not right for the kids to be honest. I hate the rules to be real with yeah. you. You know, you know what I mean. But whatever, it's a time we're in right now, and hopefully soon that they'll be they'll be able to get out of it. Um, I do want to transition a little bit to your high school career. Your first year in high school, you won the state championship. Did that fuel you? That did that fuel you to go a little harder, or was it one of those you're just like, eh, I won my first year, so I'm gonna chill now. Um, no. So with, with, I went to Murray Bertram in Manhattan and we were ranked number one in the country. So you don't want to be that team to, to ruin it. You know, they've won maybe 10 years in a row before I got there. So you don't want to mm -hmm. be a part of the team that breaks that, that streak. You don't want to be a part of the team that, you know, oh, they're not so good anymore. So every year I was in, at, at that high school, it got harder and harder more, the more my role has changed. And I think it shaped me out. You know, we had, Seasons, my first three seasons, we basically went undefeated. So I, the, the feeling of winning is a great feeling. I don't want to seem like so like egocistic. I'm, I'm a winner. I want to win. But winning feels good. So anywhere right. I went, I'm like, I don't want to be a loser. Because then I see the other side of the bench, they're crying and we're, we're laughing. I don't want to cry. I want to laugh. So, yeah, definitely shaped how I am now for my first year. I'm glad you touched up on the on the, you know the next couple of years of, of your career because as a junior in high school, you were named first team all Manhattan and first team all state. What did that mean to you? It meant a lot. It finally meant that I was being seen. You know, it's hard being on a team with all Americans. And you know, I literally just came out of nowhere. No one recruited me to the school. I just know that school was great and I wanted to be great with them. So I waited my turn. You earned your stripes. I practiced hard and Everything started transitioning on the court the way I wanted to go, and it just it just went up from there. For sure, for sure, and honestly, you know that that's one thing we we can always tell tell kids these days, like just keep going hard, keep working, keep grinding. You never know what could happen because even for you in your in your final season, you were the Manhattan Player of the Year, a part of the All City and First Team All State team, the name to the ESPN National All Star team. Was it because of that first championship that fueled you to accomplish what you accomplished? Or did you just want to make your names, like, stand out in, 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 in New York? Um, no. So with Bertram, you're the girl who goes to Bertram who's on a bandwagon on winning. And, you know, at the end of the day, you play for the jersey in the front. But then you, people remember you for the, your last name on the back. So mm -hmm. um, I always made it a point where it's like, I'm going to be winning. And then I want you to know who's, who's the girl who's winning these games. So... You know, it just fueled me. You know, I got on the court. You know, New Yorkers were a bunch of trash talkers. We're a bunch of big ego people. We <laughs> like to brag, bragging rights. Like you can't beat me. So, um, yeah, I wanted to be able to walk down the block and be like, yeah, you can't, you can't beat me. You know. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> hey, honestly, honestly, that's what, that's what's gotta be sometimes. Cause I, we we uh, well, I went to JUCO in Florida, right? And I went to Polk State. There's some guys that are from Florida, uh, from New York. There, man, they tough. They tough, like like not like defensively. They're tough, you know. They work their ass off, you know. They they do all the little things as as a, as a teammate and stuff. And it's one of those things when you kind of see them play. It's like, damn, is this how New York really be playing? You know what I mean? And and, and to be able to see the the ISO ISO yeah. ball and all that stuff, like it was dope to see. I I, I, I don't know what uh, what year are you born? If you don't mind me asking, off topic. What year are you born? Ninety three. Ninety three. So do you know uh, Jarrell Joy? No, maybe by face. If he's a street ball person, he probably has a nickname. No, he went to uh, he went to the same school as Ron Artest went to. He broke he broke his record. Ron Artest went to the high, school. the high school, the high school, whatever the high school. I for, I forgot the name, but uh, okay, but yeah, I, I think maybe Cardinals or something. I don't know. 
after after so he I went to JUCO with him and then afterwards he went to Clark Atlanta. But anyways, we had him on the show as well, and he was talking about just the the mentality of New Yorkers and stuff like that. So I'm glad you kind of touch up on that as well. And you know, it's 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 good that you, you know now we have our second person from New York on the show. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. I want to transition out to your university career. You know, you, you go to Cleveland State where you had a very uh, successful four years. But I want to know, did you have any other schools recruiting you? Um, you know what? I had some schools recruiting me, but Murray Bertram, the school we were at, we were number one in this, in this country for women's basketball, but we were the worst academically. I, don't, I couldn't tell you who my teachers were. I had a substitute every day. You know, we didn't have enough funding for textbooks. So I'm not going to lie. I failed math a lot. And a lot of schools had to back out. I had um, Loyola, Maryland, James Madison. I had Louisville looking at me for a year, Iona. And I was always the girl that people questioned. It was just like, is she really worth it or not? And I ended up going to Cleveland State University. And I actually met her at my last leg. I was like, you know, I'm just going to go to the senior showcase. What's the worst going to happen? I'm getting a runaround from these other clubs. Um, after the tournament, you know, her name, Coach Kate um, Peterson, she called me and she's like, you're going to be a starting, uh, a starting uh, shooting guard all four years. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. They call me every day. And I'm like, this is where I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. yeah. were, you, were, you the, were you there the same time Norris Cole was there or a different time? Uh, yeah and no. So when I met Norris, I actually met him in a gym because he's a workhorse just like I am. Like literally mm -hmm. just I literally ran into him. Literally. Um, he graduated the year I came in, but, you know, the NBA lockout. So he was there for a couple months when I was there. So we did connect. We worked out. He's a cool guy. And, yeah, I didn't see him in action in college. Maybe on TV, uh, <laughs> but not in action in real life. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Uh, curious to know, though, which teammate motivated and pushed you the most during practice? Which teammate and motivate? Ah. Uh, all the seniors, so we had five seniors in a red shirt, and they would be on us freshmen because it was four. Or the way our coach recruits, recruits, recruits in fours, mm -hmm. so the classes can stay together. You build the chemistry, and I started to stand out a little bit. So you know, I had all the seniors on me, like Corey, you can't do this. Corey, you can't do that. Um, I have a teammates. Well, three, three of the three of the five seniors, I was really like you know in touch with Destiny Blue. She R.I.P. Uh, she's from um, Milwaukee. Shay went and she plays overseas. You know, I see her when I'm overseas too. We link up. She's from Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And um, Nakima Keen, she's from Canada. You know, the, the, the Canadians okay. are. Okay. So they, those three definitely pushed me the hardest. And whether they wanted to beat me up in the locker room because I forgot to defend the slip or um, they yelled at me to shoot the ball more. So, yeah, they definitely motivated me a lot. Yeah, hey, I'm not going to lie. There's something about us Canadians, man. We come down there and we, we, we bang people around. We have that hockey mentality to us. You feel yeah. me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She would mess us up and like, get up. I'm like, okay, I'm getting up. <laughs> hey, man, you 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 from New York. You from New York. So you, so I know y'all know you probably fought back. There's a, little, there's a little more to that problem. Oh, yeah. I was so feisty. They were like, you're a freshman. I was like, so what? <laughs> <laughs> it's all yeah. love. We're all close. You know, our, again, RIP to this D blue. But yeah, we're all still really close to this day. And a lot of them, they pushed me to help me be the basketball player that I am today and help my college career like explode too. Very so, important. Yeah. Very, very, very important. Uh, your freshman season, you started uh, the remaining 23 games and you became the fifth freshman to score over 200 points. Uh, your sophomore season was even better than you, with even better, where you averaged 13 points per game, seventh in your league in steals. 
and you were the, and your first two seasons you were you were completely balling. Uh, how did your teammates uh, react to your performance? Um, at first, you know, we had five seniors from all five positions, and I averaged zero minutes before I was starting. So it's not like I got any, you know, any razzle dazzle on the court. I went from zero minutes, and I I told the coach like, "Hey, I thought you said I was starting all four years. Like, what happened?" She's like, you'll never get on the court if you don't play defense and you have to fit in my offense. I want you to practice. And when I'm <laughs> my mentality got into me because I'm like, I don't want to sit down. Right. And at first, you know, I can't even lie. Like us New Yorkers, we're so headstrong sometimes. We come off the wrong way. We come off rude. We come off a bit rough around the edges. But, you know, we just, we just really are so strong-minded and we just really want to accomplish things. So it was hard mm -hmm. at first. And, you know, our lingo, I was calling everybody son, and they're looking at me like son. And I was like, oh, my bad. It's, it's a New York lingo. My bad. They're like, what do you mean, my bad? We, do, like, the, we, 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 we do this. We, we do the same thing down here, too. We be going around to our friend, our homies and everything. We're like, yo, what up, son? Try to put our hand, their, our hand on their head and whatnot. And they're like, they're like, don't call me son. I'm yeah. like, come here, son. Come here. Shut up. <laughs> exactly. But then also, like, after, after, you know, my first few games starting, everyone started to realize, like, I'm not here to be any big shotter. I'm, I'm just want to play ball. Like I love playing ball. And once people, everyone realized that, they're like, "All right, cool." And I'm, I'm not really the most vocal leader. I'm more of a, you know, I, I can't tell you to make a layup if I'm not making layup. So they, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. But your junior season, though, I want to talk to you about your junior season for a second because you you accomplished your name was in the record books forever at this point. Uh, you became you you became the twenty fourth player to get a thousand points. Uh, you tied the school record for thir threes in the season, finished fifth in the in Cleveland State University career uh, in three point list, and you were named the Horizon Player of the Week a couple of times. When you had the thousand point career, what was that like for you? And also, was your family there to be able to watch that with you as well? Oh, we played away at Green Bay in Wisconsin. I forgot my jersey. And I had to play in another jersey for my 1,000 point. And I didn't know I had my 1,000 point until everyone started cheering when I made a layup. Like, I made, like, some and one layup. It was a wide open layup. And I'm looking like, like, you're a 1,000 point. And I had a T-shirt, a fifth grade T-shirt. And she told me, she's like, Corey, you can, you can get your 1,000-point ball. I'm like, what does that mean? She's like, that means you're really good. And you put mm -hmm. your mind up to anything that you can do. And I, I thought about it. I'm like, so at the end of the game, that ball was going to be mine. I, it's, I know it's materialistic, but from having a fifth-grade teacher tell me, like, I got my 1,000-point, you can do it too, and it actually happened because mm -hmm. it's not something I saw in high school. I didn't get 1,000 points in high school. So it was a huge accomplishment. And doing it at a Division One level, like, definitely a blessing. And I look back at it. I look at that ball every day. So <laughs> to start the day, like, you know, that's greatness every day. Like, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Honestly, not many people can say that they, they hit the thousand point club. I don't care what division, you know, division one, two, three, NAIA, JUCO, not many people can really say they hit the thousand point club. So for you to be able to, for you to be exactly. able to be part of that club, hey, that's a big accomplishment in itself. Uh, but your, your senior season, you finished off as the sixth highest scorer in school history. You broke the record for the most threes in the year, but most importantly, went to the school's first ever invitational tournament. What was that moment like for you? Um, it was a great moment. Like, I love my team. We did really good. We had a couple of red shirts with injuries. We're like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? 
Uh, we only lost maybe one or two home games, maybe one home game. We had a great season. I had a great supporting cast. My seniors with me, you know, they got the ball to me. I got the ball to them. It was, we were playing some, we were balling, playing some good mm -hmm. basketball. And it all transitioned the court. I had my other seniors join me in a thousand point club, you know, the first time in school program history where all seniors are a thousand point scorers now. So Jeez. I was able to do that with my sisters. I was happy for them and happy for me. Then um, going to NIT, you know, we didn't know what was going on. We were planning for St. Patrick's Day around this time. You know, we were about to have right. a party. Got the call. You're going to the NIT. And we're off to Michigan. It was it was, it was great. It was great. <laughs> who who was your first game against in the NIT tournament? Um, So we played against Michigan. And my seniors both got the flu. Oh, <laughs> was no. I was like, I wanted to stick now. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, so literally, literally a couple, a couple, a couple weeks before that, y'all just celebrating one thousand point club, and a couple weeks later, y'all, y'all trying to recover from the flu. Yeah, I was like, I can't believe you guys. What are you guys eating? What are you guys doing? I hang out. With you. How do y'all have the flu? And of course, they got it with each other because we were always around each other. Yeah, they must not have a lot of garlic in their food. I eat a lot of garlic and buns. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, honestly, it's, it's one of those things too. Where you got to go look, look back at it. I mean, I'm sure at the moment it was probably one of those are like, oh man, like we're really about to play a game right now. And you know, you got the flu, but I'm sure a couple of years down the line, you're like, Hey, remember that time that you could have played because of, you know, you had the flu. And oh, so they played. I was like, this is, I was, I was in their head. Like, you know what? Y'all got to play. This is going to be your Jordan game. Okay. We're about to be Michigan. And it was a close game the whole time, but you know, they they ran out of energy. They ran out of gas. They were one had to check. One had to check out. She was too sick. I was just like, damn, I'm sorry, I pushed you to do that. But at the end, it's not. <laughs> it wasn't much. Of a, we were more so sad that this was the last time we were going to be in the court with each other. Right. And we're also happy that that final four game in the Horizon League wasn't our last game, and we actually got a chance to have a postseason because in all our years we never had a postseason, and we led our team to a postseason. So. It was a lot of happy tears in the locker room. A lot of happy tears. That's what's up. That's what's up. One of one of those one of those pre-COVID hugs. Yeah. Pre-COVID hugs. Now you're you're not leaving that room. Man, man, this I I I feel for for people that right now the uh the girls and the men right now that are playing the NCAA tournament. Man, I, I congratulations to all those teams, but I feel for them because. They don't get that same experience that you know you you were able to get, right? You know what I mean? Like be able to travel to different different places, be able to travel to where you had to travel to. Like now you're located in one little bubble. Like it's not the same experience right now. And I, I hope that every single senior comes back for another year next year. Like it's just it's yeah, it's tough because that that's what makes March March Madness madness. Like right, you know you you win the game and then you're on a bus the next day or a plane the next day. You win that game, you're somewhere else. You're hopping. You yep. you. Barely get any sleep because you got prepared for next game. March Facts. Madness is what college students live for, and I'm I'm they're they're really tough right now. They're really sticking it out. You know, I'm gonna watch these games, and I'm 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 glad they're sticking it out, and they're gonna play through, and they're gonna play hard, and you know, so definitely a great thing. My team's not in it, so I'm not gonna watch it at all, to be honest with you. So whatever, I'm not even watching. The men's made it to the the men's our men's team made it to the tournament. In the first time in a while. You know what, though? You know what? I've realized that a lot of a lot of teams that haven't really done well in the past few years, you know, the COVID has been has been blessing them. Like Bonaventure won, Drake won. You know what I mean? Like, like um, I'm not gonna lie, I, that is that is very true. Even overseas, like there's a couple Euro Cup teams that ever won a game in Euro Cup, or but you know they move they advance because someone on the other team, their star player, 
the other team has COVID protocols and gets eliminated. So there you go. even for my team in Germany, like our team was going to get dropped down to the second league. We had a bad season, but COVID saved us. So for the little people, it's like great. For the bigger people, yeah. it's like, oh, COVID, you know? Yeah. For sure. For sure. And, and even like we, we had Dwayne Notice on the show. I'm not sure if, you, if you're familiar with uh, Dwayne Notice, but uh, he went to South Carolina um, and, and he was telling us a story about how like he would go, he would go here, go there, go here, go there. When they made it to the final four, they beat Duke. He literally said he's like, he had posters of, of his face all over the place, like literally downtown, downtown mm -hmm. South Carolina, like all over the place. Like he's like, this is the greatest moment that he's ever been a part of. So, you know, to not be able to have that same, same moment for, for the guys right now, like it's, it's not, excuse me, but it's, it, it must be very, wow. It must be very tough for all those NCAA guys to, or, and girls to be able to go through that right now. You know what I mean? So shout out, shout out to them for being strong and be able to, you know, pull through and, and do what they need to do to be able to get their team to where they got to get to. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I got to ask you though, are you happy with how your university career, career finished? I'm happy. I feel like my freshman year team, we were some dogs, but mm -hmm. we were like the Knicks. Like we couldn't get it together. Like we lost some games where I was like, oh my gosh. But yeah, I had some ballers on my team, you know, from all over the place, Milwaukee, Canada, and we just could not get it together. And we lost games. And, you know, that's the, that's the team where it's just like, man. And the game against Minnesota, we played uh, top ranked Minnesota. They're the top 25. You know, some a lot of those girls are in the WBA now. I had the racial girl who was averaging 50 the next year. We're up 20 points and we lose to them at the end of the game. Damn. I'll never forget that game. Damn. Let's, at their let's... at their house too. We went up 20 points. I was about to say, I'm like, let's 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 not talk about that one because clearly that's one of those mo a bad moments for you. So you know, you just got back home from Florida. You know, you were able to, to the top 25. I'm to be the top 25 team, and we blew it. But it was definitely a learning. Like we're like, we're never gonna go through that again. And we didn't lose a home game after that. So there you go. Hey, screw it, yeah. screw it. Who 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 do y'all lose to, man? Who do y'all lose to? I know you said you didn't want to talk about it, but who do y'all lose to, man? The game at home. The game at home. The top twenty-five team. Who was that? Oh no, we lost to the, the Minnesota team. That was a top oh Minnesota. Team. Okay, yeah. okay. And then we played against Green Bay when they were like top ranked too, but we didn't we didn't really stand a chance. We we did a couple times and a lot of questionable calls up there in Green Bay, but you know. It is what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Can't win them all. Can't win them all. Um, after the university, you signed a contract to Finland, if I'm correct. Yes. What was your excitement level like, or was it one of those that you just wanted to kind of get there first before you got excited? Um, I, I, can't, I, I can't even, like, when it was happening, I like, the way it happened is, like, I graduated college, walked across the stage two hours later, I'm chilling with my family. I'm getting calls from like a couple teams, and I'm like, I was like, me? Like what? Like <laughs> then Finland, they were like, yeah, you're we're coming, and then they sent me the contract, and I was looking at it like, yo, I'm about to go to Finland. Like who who goes to Finland? You know, it was definitely I didn't, I never I never thought for one moment that anything would go wrong. You know, I spoke with the coaches. They're they're great people. There's actually a Cleveland uh, State alum there playing right now, and. I put all my trust in them going to Finland. I've never been to Europe before, and I was going by myself. You know, I was going to a nomadic country that's freezing. And, yeah, that's, that was the start of it all. That was the start of it all. When you got that contract, was there ever a moment that you kind of looked at that contract and said, is this a fake contract? Or was it one of those, like, nah, nah, I'm, I'm excuse my language, but I'm fucking nice. 
<laughs> no, it was it was it was more of a humbling thing because you know I lost my grandmother my senior year. Oh, sorry I was to hear going that. through a breakup. Thank you. I was going through a breakup. You know, tough times at home. I was just like, oh, I got to focus. I got I got to get it. And then everything I've always wanted, I sacrificed the time. I sacrificed missed birthdays, Mother's Days, Thanksgiving. And now I have a contract in front of me, something that I always wanted in front of me. And I was just right. like, this is why I do what I do. So like, right. and you know, you got to think that the, the man above too, I, I, I've always been injury free, knock on wood, thank you, Jesus. But it was definitely a humbling experience. And I was just like, yeah, I just got to go harder. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. To be honest with you, you know, first of all, RIP to your grandma. You know what I mean. And 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 you know, to to be able to hear that even now that you just said that, you know, you you were going through a tough time during your senior year and still accomplished what you accomplished. You know, some of the some of that has to be a tribute to your grandmother. You know what I mean? Like she definitely has to be looking down on you and giving that you know giving that blessing to you and, and looking over you, and making sure that you're you're taken care of. So you know, shout out shout out grandma and you know, like I said again, RIP. Shout out to my nana. <laughs> <laughs> shout out, shout out, shout out. Uh, what, what was it? What was it like leaving your family? You know, leaving your family to 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 go to Finland and and you know, be in a different country now. Um, obviously, before when you're at Cleveland State, you're not too far away. You're probably about five, six hours away, if that even. Um, now you're <laughs> 10, 12, 14 hours away, a whole another plane ride. So, what was that like leaving your family? Well, in New York, I will say they make us grow up fast with mass transportation and stuff. So you kind of like leave the nest a little early, you know. Okay. And my high school was two and a half hours away from me. I had to make that journey. I don't know if you ever heard about the, the New York City subway. It's a dangerous place. A dangerous place. <laughs> I, was, I was on the train stations at 14 years old and I was traveling like two and a half hours to be a champion. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And then I went to college. It's, it's around a seven hour drive. But, you know, they, they work. They wasn't able to come as much or come to games and stuff. So right. I think I think going away to college, I tell I, I even tell kids this, that, like, going away to college will prepare you for real life. You won't, the umbilical cord would be cut once you go away to college. You learn stuff on your own. You know, oodles and noodles if you have to. If you need a college job, you know, you learn it on your own if you go away to school. You don't, you can't just go home. You can't. Mm -hmm. So going over the year, the transition was, it was the same. I'm like, I'm away, you know. That's about it. That's what exactly. I had I had a roommate just like in college. We played basketball. It wasn't anything new except like I was getting paid and I didn't have school. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. What was was it like? You you watched Love and Basketball, I'm assuming, correct? Yeah. So you know you know in the film you know in the last little part where where Sonia Lathan is going to you know that she's sitting at the, in in the locker room and she's tying up her ankle and you know she has all the, all the tape around her and everything. And, you know, the coach is talking, talking, talking. And she goes to one of her import friends afterward and says, hey, uh, what did they say? And she said, give you the ball. <laughs> was, was, was there, did you have any similar moment, you know, where your coach is kind of talking in, in, in I guess, Finland language? I don't even know what that language would be. But uh, did, did you have any moment like that? Or was it one of those that you kind of understood what they were saying? Uh, no, everything was fine. In, in Finland, everyone spoke English. Some girls were shy to speak English. Our head coach... Um, he's older, so his English was very, he referred a lot of his English to movies, like Eye of the Tiger, Rocky Bible, everything he said was like almost a phrase out of that movie. So as he pieced it together, he's like, we're going to play like lions, tires, and bears, you know, and it's like, all right. But, um, <laughs> other than that, we had a, we had a assistant coach spoke perfect English. Um, the year after was tough, you know, I played six seasons. So like not every season was like that. Sometimes mm -hmm. I had to talk to a teammate about, what did he say? I had a translator who stopped getting paid. And I'm just like, 
I'm on the court, like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but Finland was my, the, as a rookie and what athletes go through, I think I had the best possible first year overseas. Very positive. We were really good. I met really great players, played with WBA, WBA player and another draft pick. So it was, it was cool. We're all from all places of the world. It was great. It was cool. Who was that WBA player that you played with? Uh, Crystal. Crystal. What is Crystal's last name? Crystal Bradford. She went to Central Michigan. She got okay. drafted to the Sparks in the top 10. Oh, wow. It was interesting playing with her. I was about to say, I was about to ask you about that. You want to touch up on that? No. Fair enough. Fair it enough. was interesting. It was interesting. <laughs> okay. She's in Turkey now. She's in Turkey now getting buckets. Uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. We're going to move on. <laughs> uh, after Finley, you go to Morocco and Germany, you know, on the court, you're hooping, top three in scoring, and, and you know, you named to, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce this properly, so uh, excuse me, but Luxembourg League? Yeah. The Luxembourg League second team. Uh, what yeah. made that transition so easy for you? Um. So after my first year in Finland, uh, my um, it was hard for me to get a job back overseas. So I did spend the first half at home. And I feel like, you know, I was in my bag about it. I'm just like, why am I back home? I mean, I feel like I had a good first year. I did what I had to do. I'm very friendly. I didn't have any issues. So I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. I did get a new agent. I went to Morocco. Mm -hmm. And Morocco's trenches, like, again, like the English wasn't the best. Um, facilities, it's a third world country. It's, I wouldn't even say it's, it's, it's like a second world country now. A lot of people don't right. know this. It's developing into a second world country. And I was, I went, I went into Westbrook mode. I'm like, there's not one game I'm going to have that's bad. There's not going to be anything that anyone can say that I did wrong. I'm going to play my hardest. I'm going to do anything that I can do. And I turned the dog meter on to like a thousand and then I went to Luxembourg and I still had the dog meter on me. Like, this is where I belong. So yeah. Yeah, the transition from Morocco to Luxembourg, it was like I'm a dog. So, and, and and Ashley was and Ashley was kind of telling me that you know you you had a very interesting you know uh, experience in Morocco. Obviously, I, I haven't heard about it, you know, uh, but but uh, definitely you know if you don't mind, do you mind touching up on 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 that experience that you had in Morocco? Um, Morocco isn't typically Morocco or Arab countries. They're not typically like the European uh, countries. You're not really. You're really just there to you. You get you get paid to play. That's that's really what it is. You're expected to do above and beyond. And if you lose a game, it's all your fault. If you win a game, it's all your it's all your fault. Damn. And you know, I, I had a good team. Um, the president and his wife and the family took me in like family. You know, you don't really hear those kind of things with overseas. They don't really. It's a job, so you don't really get that. So I got a lot of, I got a lot of love from the family. Um, Living wasn't the best, but when you're a young 23-year-old and you're trying to get it, you have to grind it out. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's crazy. Then I found a cat, so I had a cat anyway, so it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. You found a cat? Like, you just picked it up from the from the, from the the road and said, this is mine? <laughs> no, actually, as I was coming from the airport, I have my suitcases, I'm rolling it, and I hear, ah! on my suitcase. <laughs> I was shaking it, and it's a, it's, a, it's a kitten, like, this big. I was like, oh. So I thought it left my room when I opened the door and it slept underneath, it was underneath the bed. I woke up, the cat was on my neck. I was like, oh my gosh. It looked at me like, meow. I was like, oh, you're mine now. <laughs> this is how it happened. That was my first day in Morocco. That was your first day in Morocco? First day in Morocco. Welcome also, to Morocco. Thanks. Also, like, <laughs> I never talked about this, but I got suspended from the league from an altercation that I had with another teammate that turned into a huge 
huge thing is, you know, it's a playoff game, best of five series. And um, she kicked me, like we're shaking hands. We win the game and she kicked me. She's like, what are you gonna do about it? I'm just like, oh my God, I'm from New York. You know, you can't do that to a New Yorker. And I kicked her back and it, it just turned into something that I've never been in a physical altercation on the court ever. It just turned into the stupidest thing. Next thing you know, I'm being suspended from the league, but they overturned it. And we went from a last place seed to the championship. And that was my first taste of like a championship Afro basket cup. I was like, this is, this is real. Like overseas basketball play is real. And I was like, I, I love it. I love and it. it. And, and, and it's crazy though, because like, we you know when, when you get some, when someone talks to you, whatever, you don't seem like, you know, you're like, you're, you know, you're an aggressive person. You don't really seem like yeah. that type of person to you at all. But when, so I guess, I guess when somebody antagonizes you and somebody really gets at you, it's like, Hey, that New York side is about to come out of me. You don't want to fuck with me at that point. Yeah, like I did not leave Queens, New York, Jamaica, Queens, New York to come to Morocco to play professional <laughs> basketball. I don't even fight from where I'm from and I'm not about to be fighting with you girls here. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like this is crazy. <laughs> I gotta ask you that now, now that I know you're you're that you're from Jamaica, uh, Jamaica, New York, Queens, New York. What what you know? This is this is really off topic again. But what was the food difference? You know, obviously you're going to eat Moroccan food now compared to you know Jamaican food and 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 whatever you're eating back home as well. What was the what was it like for you? How how hard is it like for you to transition to that? It was the best food of my life. I think really. Uh, and my all my years overseas, I tell people about Moroccan food because you know in New York we're so diverse. We have Arabic food, we have Jamaican food, Haitian food, yeah. a bunch of Caribbean food. Spanish food is all I eat. But when I tell you that Moroccan food hit different, I find I try to look for that couscous on Fridays. It's a religious thing they eat couscous on Fridays. Yeah. And even if I go to a Moroccan place, it's not like Morocco. Like I've mm -hmm. never been to a place where the food is not not the same. Yep. You know. You, you, you spices everything was great about say, cool. so 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 you got that shawarma that falafel that hummus you know the tahina all that stuff yeah the tajin uh they, they love the chicken out there of course the roasted chickens out there are fires it's, it's just as good yep. as the dominicans um yep. everything's flavorful the couscous on fridays with the squash and the chicken it was so good it was so good hey, so 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 i'm jewish right so we have a lot of that food the cultural food at, at our house as well so that's, yeah. that's kind of why like when you say you know you, you like that food some the best food i'm like okay you know it's 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 ironic to me because for me some of the best food i ever had was like jerk chicken oxtail you know you know what i mean rice and peas stuff like that i'm like oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm 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 in heaven with that stuff but so when you're saying like couscous and you know i'm, I'm thinking about shawarma or uh or his own thing about stuff like that i'm like Damn, we reversing right now. We switching. <laughs> so, uh, when I tell you, when I tell you though, like I've had other Arabic foods, and I was I played in I was in Egypt. Like nothing's like Moroccan food, and I'm like again, like I smell jerk chicken right now at this corner store. Like you get so used to jerk chicken, curry chicken, and all that stuff. It's like I want something different, and that was different. Not, I ate so much out there. <laughs> not me, not me. My 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 fiance Jamaican. So when 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 they be cooking, you know, uh, jerk chicken or oxtail or stuff like that, I'm like, yeah, that oxtail. <laughs> yeah, if, if you can make a good oxtail, <laughs> that oxtail, that oxtail, oxtail is, is different. Fire. I told people about oxtails overseas. They're like, what is oxtail? I'm like, oxtail <laughs> will ever have. <laughs> funny, funny enough, ten years ago when I was in Florida, I didn't have any like Caribbean food, right? So uh, one of my teammates is, is from Jamaica, Queens. He's Jamaica. He's actually Jamaican. So his yeah. mom came. The mom and dad came down. The first time I ever tried oxtail and jerk chicken, all that stuff was at school. 
I'm like, what is this? This is like, this is amazing. And, and I'm like, yeah, that's that. It changed my life forever. But I'm glad, I'm glad, you know, I'm able to taste it, you know, regularly now. So I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of, of the Caribbean culture. I wanted to, I wanted to uh, touch up on your, on your, on your, uh, your career in Egypt. Uh, obviously, obviously, you know, you, you, you touched up on that a little bit as well. What was that like for you? Because you know, again, me, me being, um, me being. Wow, me being Jewish, you know our our holy land, our uh, uh, everything like that is 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 Israel. So Israel's not too far away from from Egypt. So you know what I mean. So two hour flight. So what was it like for you to play in Egypt and and somewhere that's so very historical in the world? Uh, well, my agent first. Uh, well, my ex agent because he's not my agent anymore. When he first presented me the job to go to Egypt, I'm like, who plays basketball in Egypt? <laughs> but again, like everyone goes to play in Israel, and I'm like, wait, that means I can see the pyramids, like. You know, people dream about seeing the pyramids, but I was like, I had between Egypt or going to the UK, and I was like, pyramids, UK, pyramids, <laughs> UK. I was like, I wasn't even thinking about basketball. I'm like, I'm going. Yeah. You know? And I had a friend who was already out there, and um, she's still out there now. She's on a good club. So um, I was like, yeah, you know, my homegirl's out there. And then I, I had two other friends that were signing out there. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be great. Like, we're going to be around each other. But I got there a lot sooner. And when I got there, things didn't go as planned. As planned, the apartment wasn't up to par. You know, it still really worked. I didn't have any hot water. I didn't have oh. Wi-Fi. I had a huge German cockroach problem. Big ones damn um sand i mean i get it it's egypt and stuff the way that was especially not having wi-fi being the only american in that town not hanging out with anyone because nobody was there it was pretty hard and then when it was i was like okay as long as i have basketball and i didn't have basketball because they didn't get my papers ready so they they paid they're paying me to finish last season and to start next season and um they didn't have my papers ready and they got eliminated. So now they're on break for a month and a half. They all just disappear. They all go on vacation and they just leave me out there. Um, I did say my concerns to the Egyptian agent, my agent, and to the club. They did try to make things better. But, you know, a month goes by. A couple more weeks go by. My Wi-Fi. You know, they, they were really trying. They were reimbursing me for the data I was paying for. Um, they were supposed to give me meals. They started reimbursing me for the meals. But then it was always another problem. Now I don't have hot water. Now I'm late on my salary, but you gave me money for Wi-Fi. And this is my first my first two salaries. It's the first time I'm here. And these are all the issues are starting to pile up, pile up, and yeah. pile up. And now it, it became more of a mental thing for me because it's like I'm in my – the season's over. Um, Egypt isn't really a place that you just want to travel as a female by yourself everywhere. I had a tour guide to take places. It was nice. But I couldn't go touring every single day, you know. Yeah. And of course, by myself. So it, it came to a point where, you know, the only time I left my my room was to go to get food. And then I'm getting food by myself and I'm watching everybody, you know, talk to each other. And I'm looking around trying to talk to people like, hey, but, you know, it just wasn't working out that way. And it got to a point I just didn't want to get out of bed. So I messaged my agent. I'm just like, you know, I don't even care about basketball. I just want to go home. Like, this is not mentally for me. And yeah. things did not go, things went sour right there with my agent. I was told to figure it out on my own effort. But then again, even for any player who's watching right now, you have a FIBA contract and you have a player, con you have a FIBA agent player contract and then you have a contract with a club. And if it's breached by anybody, you're, you're old things. Don't ever make anyone think that 
you're not owed your flight home when you have a round trip signed contract or if you have a problem with a club it, your agent's supposed to deal with it so um yeah I'm back home now I have a new agent and you know I'm still working out I'm, I'm working I'm working out I'm working on a couple projects you know to help other athletes transition to being a pro and for those going to college and you know training kids and I guess Egypt opened my eyes to a lot of things at the end of the day us athletes need to stick together so that was Egypt in a nutshell Hey, first of all, you know, shout out to you for even starting something to try to help these to help people, you know, whether it's ki kids, whether it's pros, whether it's it's it's, it's uh, Division One athletes or university athletes or college athletes. Shout out to you for trying to start something because, you know, that's not every day that people want to take on that responsibility, take on that, you know, share or share their stories, even I should say. Uh, but for you to be able to kind of be open about it and say, hey, listen, this is what I went through. And, you know, you know, come with me. Let me help you. Let me guide you. Let me do the right things for you. Man, shout out to you, Corey, man. I, big up on you, man. Big, big up you. yourself. <laughs> Thank you. And it's crazy because once I shared my story, a lot of other people, a lot of other players who have the same agent, I'm not going to say that who the agent is. I don't want to. That's cool. Issue. That's cool. That's cool. They all had the same problems. And if we would have all worked together, this would have not been a thing. You know, it would not, we just need to stick together. We need to share our stories. We need to stop acting like everything's a secret, yeah. you know? So definitely, definitely like, you know, uh, Jory Davis, she, she's in uh, Greece right now. She has some issues and uh, she helped me through a lot. So, I mean, we need to stick together. And I realized that, you know, unfortunately, you know, Jory Davis, you could, if you hit her up and you ask her, she, she tried to reach out to me a while ago, but I was so focused on being a basketball player. I had tunnel vision on it, my goal. But it, it took an unfortunate situation to happen to me. It's like, imagine if a rookie who's 21 years old in the first year out there out of college goes to a place like this. Like, they wouldn't know what to do right. at all. I'm a six-year right. pro, and not everyone can do certain things like that. So, like, you you have to stick together because anything could happen. I just had a friend commit suicide not too long ago. Like, oh, we have to shit. stick together. You know what I mean? So, like, these things are real. These things are really real. I feel you. And, and honestly, with, with COVID right now and everything like that, too, like, it's nothing's easy right now. Like nothing's easy at all. And the one thing that kind of helped all of all of us kind of, you know, do our thing was was basketball or sports or, or anything like that. So to be able to kind of go through that in itself right now and, you know, it, it, I couldn't even imagine, you know, that, and that's kind of one reason why for me is personally that I never really cared to play basketball past university. I'm like, let me get my university. Let me get my degrees. After that, I'm done. Like, I don't want to do anything with that anymore because I see the politics. You know, even now with me being a coach, I see way too many politics now. I'm hearing too many stories. You don't get paid for weeks. You don't get paid for months. You don't get paid for this day. You don't get paid for that day. So honestly, it, for me, it was like, yeah, I'm not even going to try to do all that. Like, if I'm not going to go to the NBA. First, though, like, it's really a blessing and a curse. Like, no matter anything you do in life, whether you have an office job or anything, you're going to have times where it's like, dang, like this is, everything is going bad. They're going to have times where everything's going good. Imagine a real estate agent, you know, they, they, they have a great year of sales and then they have a whole pandemic happen and they can't sell a house to, mm -hmm. to save their lives. You know, like everything is always a blessing and a curse. And that's the way I see it. So I don't want to scare people away from being an athlete with my story in Egypt because that was my story. <laughs> I, so, I loved it out there for me to be out there for so long, you know? For sure, for sure, for sure. I got a couple more questions for you before we get to our quick hitters. But first, one I want to ask you is, uh, you know, obviously you were there for longer than you might have hoped for, or whatever case was before your season restarted. Was there anything that you were able to kind of see historically, or or you know, experiment food wise or whatever that you enjoyed and appreciated? Um. Yeah. So I saw the pyramids. I passed the pyramids a lot going to the gym. We weren't too far from there. I went to the whale museum. And I forgot the town, but it was like a fossil, you know, like Egypt used to be an ocean, 
once upon a time. So yep. they had like fossilized snails and stuff. And I went to the Magic Lake where there's like a body of water in the middle of the desert. It's beautiful. Um, I went to the um, Konkalili, one of the oldest <laughs> uh, markets. Ooh, okay. It was tough. tough. It was, they were trying to make that money. They were hustling. On the, you know, New Yorkers <laughs> hustle, but they hustle. They're good. They, they had me buying stuff I didn't even think I needed, like a fan. Like, I'm just... <laughs> it was nice. I tried the food. I had some shawarma. Okay. I think that's what it's called. It's called shawarma. Uh, yeah, you know, you. I, hey, listen, I'm, 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 I'm gonna give you some Mediterranean lingo after it. You know what I mean? Because I'm, okay, I'm, okay. I'm, 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 I'm gonna introduce the to you after. <laughs> you know, I can't. You know, uh, Americans can't really say that. The, you know. There you go. There you go. That was too bad. <laughs> I, mean, <practicing. laughs> I tried the food, you know, but it was good. I didn't try pigeon. They eat pigeon out there. I couldn't. I couldn't eat a pigeon. I couldn't do it. New York pigeons are, are vicious. Yeah, I can't. Cannot eat a pigeon. But yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, one last question I want to ask you, you know, like I said before, we get to our quick hitters, but I want to ask you out of all the coaches that you've had, whether it was in Morocco, Egypt, whether it was even in the WNBA combine, whether it's uh, university, high school, whatever it was, all the, all the schools or, or, or all the places you've had coaches, what did all of them teach you? And, or were they all very similar to what you already knew? No, uh, no. Um, no. So sometimes I get, I'm somebody who likes to, you know, some, I, have, I don't know how to say it. Like I had a lot of coaches in the past tell me to stop playing second fiddle and stop being Robin and try to be a Batman. Cause you know, I really just like to play basketball. I don't try to outshine anybody. I just, whatever I have to do to win, I'll do it. But sometimes my coach is like, can you just add a little bit extra? So that definitely helped transition me into the better basketball player that I am today. You know, I can't turn it on and off. It needs to be on at all times. Right. Um, every possession matters, you know. And then also I put big emphasis in the defense. You know, I had every coach every year. Even even now, like, I'm, I'm a great defender. I get a lot of steals. You know, I'm, I'm pretty good at that. But they're like, you can you can be a dog. You can really be a dog. Do that extra possession with help side. You know, you know, yep. guards with help side defense, you yep. know. So um, on-ball defense help is great. Side. Yeah, right. Help side. Let's talk about the girl that got beat, right? But um, right. and that's a whole other story for another day. We 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 force it left. We try to force middle, but I gotta stand there for help side. You want to yell at me, but anyways. But that's also what I learned too, because you know I'm being filmed. Like, what about she got beat? Coaches always tell me, don't don't worry about the next person. If I tell you your job is to do help side, that's your job. Yeah. So if you can do your job at hundred and twenty percent. I'll yell at the other girls later, but right now you're not in help side. So I did yep. learn about accountability and leadership. Right. Of not being help side for me, you know, I might get beat once in a while. So I need to worry about what I can do for my team. And I think every year, you know, it got better. You know, you get older, you start to you become a, a vet. So um, I'm, I'm still learning, you know, I'm still learning. And, you know, all these coaches, they, I learn something different every year. So, yeah. For sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. So we're going to get to we're going to get to our quick hitters of uh you know to finish off the segment, finish off the show. First one I want to ask you is uh if you had a dinner party and you had a dinner party of and five empty seats, dead or alive, you can invite anybody you wanted to that dinner party, who would it be? Oh, dead or alive, dead or alive. MJ. Okay. Both MJs, both MJs. Oh <laughs> okay, you're bringing one from the from the from the which well, hold on, which 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 one? Because didn't didn't it 
No, uh, oh, Michael Jackson. Sorry, no, 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 because no, because because um, uh, the guy that played Wakanda passed away, and for some reason, I always think he's Michael B. Jackson. I don't or Michael B. Jordan. Sorry, I always think he's Michael B. Jordan. So when I said which, anyways, you know what? This this Michael, is your time. You know which Michael Jordan we acknowledge, okay? I love Michael <laughs> you know which day I'm talking about. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, cool. Um, Madam C.J. Walker. Okay. I know that's a weird one, but like she's a businesswoman from like, come on now, and she she tough. Come on, come she on tough. now, she did she that. Tough. She's um, hey, she she's educated. She's educated. That's a great one to have. Exactly. That's a great one. No, I want. I I I love Madam J. Walker. You don't understand. Um, Michelle Obama and Obama. Oh, that's fine, right? Listen, listen, that's fine, that's fine. But listen, if you're about to have that party for somehow you get Michael Jackson from the ground, I am there. <laughs> you know, get the little high note, little moonwalk, you know, I just, just want to meet Michael Jackson. So, so the next question I want to ask, the next question I want to ask you is, if you could ask all, each of them only one question for the night, what would it be? Each of them have different questions, but you can only ask each one of them. So you have five questions all together. Each one get one question. What are you asking them? Each get one question. Why? Just why? Like, this is a book called uh, Everything Starts With a Why. Like, why? Like, why okay. did you want to do this? Like, why? So, just, so you, would just walk, you, would just, you would just walk up with Michael Jordan? Why? No, I would, I would ask him, like, tell me your why. And oh. if I know Michael Jordan, to know Michael Jordan, he would know how to answer that question. Everyone at that table would know how to answer that question. Oh, like, no, I, I, I believe you. You're 100% yeah. right about that. Every, every single person had that question. I mean, if you ask Barack Obama, why do you want to run for president? I'm sure we all know the answer to that. So, you know, yeah. and, and Michelle Obama, if her, her why, I mean, she was there, I want to say by default, she earned it. But, you know, she definitely, she definitely changed the game in a lot of ways. And to be honest with you, if she ran for president last year, I think she would have, she would have definitely won as well. So, you know, just, oh, Biden, Biden did his thing, but F Donald Trump, F Donald Trump. That's yeah. <laughs> And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not even American. It's, anyways, I'm not going to tell you my story from that one, but anyways, but um, uh, second last question I want to ask you for quick hitters is if you were to be able to conduct your own movie about your life, who would you want to start your movie? Or who do you want to star as you? As me? Um, um, as me? Gabrielle Union. Gabrielle Union? No. I can see Gabrielle Union being you. I think her personality is so much stronger in movies. Maybe, maybe Gabby? Gabby's in there. But but the reason why I say Gabby is because she's with uh, D. Wade, you know what I mean? So like she has that baller to her, you know what I mean? She also was in Bring It On, you know? Yeah, you know what? I'm choosing. I'm choosing. But, you know who I want? I want. I want Yvette. I want Yvette. What's Yvette? her? Taraj. Taraji P Henson. I want her. I want her. I want. I want my sis. I want my sis. I'm, I'm, I'm a snap to that. You see how I snap to that? <laughs> I know she's more, you know, aggressive, but she comes from the struggle, yo. Like I need someone like that. Like yeah. Taraji. I'm. I'm. I'm I apologize. I just said Gabrielle Union. I meant, I, even though I meant to say, I said Dwayne Wade and everything, I'm really meant to say Sanaya Lathan. Uh, I was thinking that too. I was like, Sanaya, I was like, yeah, but I don't want to be like the typical love in basketball, have her run me, you know? So I was like, <laughs> I want Yvette from Baby Boy. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Last question I want to ask you is, you know, who's somebody that you like to see on Talk Your Exposure? But here's the kicker though. You got to help us get them on the show. Jory Davis, Jory Davis. I talked about her earlier. She's starting her own little thing, her own business. Um, she's really somebody who's overseas, who's 
always been in the limelight, but never forgot where she came from. Very humble. Um, she's a great basketball player. I think she's a very great and genuine person. She's definitely someone I would reach out to if I had any issues as a basketball player, as a pro. Um, I do look up to her and yeah, I mean, get her on the show. I will help. I will reach out to her. Like she is an angel, like a basketball angel. <laughs> like, we, for love, real. we love to hear. We love to hear. Hey, Corey, where, where can we find you on social media? Um, C lovely underscore 15 It's pronounced lovely, but it's really the C lovely. So underscore 15. Fair enough. What, what, uh, real, real quick, real, real quick. Why 15? Um, so I always wanted to wear number five, but I was never the best player in the team. So they gave me 15 and I'm like, I guess it's meant for me. And then I had a high school teammate and one of my best friends in ch from childhood, they passed away. They both wore 15. So, oh, you know, I, I have this 15 list for 15 kind of thing. So I even write in my contract, I have to wear the number 15 because this is where they need to be at. This is where they wanted to be. And I'm just going to wear that Jersey for them. So fair enough. 15. Fair. <laughs> fair enough fair enough that's that's what you and i you and i have in common i was number 15 as well so shout out number, cool. shout out number 15 i i wore 15 because of vince carter you know he changed the whole game for toronto canada and everything like that and yes that too he was one of my favorites growing up there you sure. go there you go hey Corey, it was, it was a pleasure to have you on the show you know definitely was was great to be able to talk to you and, and catch up with you and, and get to uh know your story and everything uh honestly it, it's been a pleasure and we wish you nothing but the best um, hopefully soon we'll be able to see you back on the court, like you mentioned earlier today. And when that time comes, let us know your links. Let us know where, you, where you're going to be so we can make sure to be able to watch you play. We, we, we want to be able to see you killing it and hitting those threes on the court, man. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. Good talks. Thank you. No problem. No problem. And like I said, Talker Exposure, this is season two, episode 10. We appreciate your time again, Corey. Thank you.